Sorry for the delay. There were some technical difficulties, but episode 123 is here. This was recorded pre-Super Bowl, and on this episode, the fellas discuss their Super Bowl picks. They also talk about the LA Lakers, and they discuss the trade between James Harden and Ben Simmons. Will James Harden survive in Philly? Let's see what the fellas think. The buck, the the Bucks are legit. Uh, I was trying to do it before the start of the show, but I was unable to get that number. The only thing that I think the Sixers have to worry about um, is there are a ton of strip clubs in Philadelphia, oh. and we know. <laughs> You're tuned into the New Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the New Channel Sports Podcast. My name is O.N.Y., the one and only. I'm going to be one of your hosts this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whatever time of day that is you're listening. And I am joined by my other two co-hosts. I am joined by the phenomenal one, Chris. How are we doing today, sir? Hey. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. Let's get do it yes sir yes sir and we have a legend in the building today my man trey the man we all love to hate it is good to see you back on this podcast sir and i would not expect anything different than you having some kind of cowboy finalia over there doing something but it's it's good to have you back mr trey Oh my gosh, oh, man! Thank you very much, fellas. It's good to to be back in the saddle again. Um, you know, it wouldn't be me if I didn't give a shout out to Cowboy Nation, Laker Nation. Uh, you know, them world champion Atlanta Braves. You know, I've been waiting a long time to say that. Hey. I've been waiting a long time to say that. Them hey. Duke Blue Devils national champions coming up. You know what I'm saying? It's good, man. It's, I'm happy to be back. It is good to have you, sir. Welcome back to the New Channel Sports Podcast. One of the originals, the usual suspects are here. Big Low is out today, but he will be back repping Town. Ladies, have no fear. His deep voice will be back sometime so you can listen to him. But let's get right into it. Let's get into some headlines. It's time for for Headlines. All right, so the NBA trade deadline has passed. A bunch of trades have gone down. The big one, James Harden is going to the Philadelphia 76ers in exchange for Ben Simmons. Let's just have a little short synopsis on that because we're going to talk about that more in detail. But let's talk about that a little bit and get into more headlines. A whole bunch of other trades that went down. Christos Porzingis is leaving Dallas. CJ McCollum has left the Portland Trailblazers. What do you guys think about the trades that have gone down so far in the NBA? First of all, I cannot believe you called that man James Harden. You know his name is Jimmy. Oh, here we go. And oh, that's Lord. just the way that it is. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy done finessed the, the Nets. And um, I can't wait till we talk more about that. But it's what we expect with the NBA you know, trade deadline. And this year, it was I expected a little bit more. But I think some teams finessed these other teams. And and got up made out big time yeah um i i i'm with trey on this one and uh, i think some teams are big winners and there are some very big losers at this trade deadline so um, i'm gonna leave it at that there are some very very big winners and some teams are really looking foolish any of you surprised that russell westbrook how you get traded by your father-in-law say it again i said how you get traded by your father-in-law <laughs> It just happens, bro. <laughs> it's a business. Yeah, exactly. But you know what's so crazy, though? They got so much family around the league at this point, though. I mean, it could happen any day. Uh, but uh, he has to feel – I think, is this now for, for Doc at this point, is he coaching any family members? Because he's been coaching family members for years, and he might be happy with that. Like, bro, I'm probably of that. Probably. Yeah. He could sneak out on the road. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any of y'all surprised that Russell... I'm sorry, man. I'm just happy to be back. No, no problem. Any of y'all surprised that Russell Westbrook was not dealt? Uh, no. Why would you be surprised? The contract is an albatross. And it's not a diss to him, but, I mean, you can't trade him for anything. The only trade that was possible was him potentially... Really, two trades, I think. One with the Knicks for Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier and Alec Burks. Or to the Rockets for John Wall. And then you got to give up a first-round pick. I don't know where Trey falls on this, but Laker Nation was really not wanting to give up a first-round pick in 2027, uh, which really, in my opinion, means absolutely nothing right now. Uh, I don't know why they didn't want to give up the pick and tie that to Russell Westbrook if it meant them getting a player that can impact them this year because last time I checked, LeBron's 38, so your time to win is now. So I'm really interested to hear what Trey thinks about that because I would have gave up the pick. First of all, you said the key point in that statement was 2027 because we don't have much before then. We didn't didn't gave it all away. And when LeBron walks away, there's not much left. AD, every time he falls down, I think he's out for the season. I don't care if he just trips. He might be out for the season. (laughs) Russell Westbrook, I don't think that he's a bad – I don't think that he's a bad fit. They haven't played a ton of games together, but it's just not working. But, I mean – our problems are a lot deeper than Russell Westbrook right now, um, yeah. and it starts with Frank Vogel. Mm. Um, hold, 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 hold that thought. Hold that yeah. thought, Trey, because we're going to talk a lot more about the Lakers in another segment. Let's continue on with headlines. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Let's continue on with headlines. Um, Alvin Kamara finds himself in some trouble um, during the Pro Bowl weekend. Him and three others attacked a gentleman in Vegas. Uh, if you if you've seen the pictures, he looks pretty bad and pretty bruised up. Um, but I guess it got into some kind of altercation. They thought that he was trying to run away from it. And uh, Kamara and three other gentlemen attacked him in a Vegas club during the Pro Bowl weekend. What do you guys think about that? Uh, the NFL's back at it again, man. This guy, they knew he did something wrong. And somehow he was still able to play in the Pro Bowl, which I don't know how that right. was even possible. And I got to say this. I know it's headlines. I'll keep it short. But the NFL, we got to ask some questions. You said this happened in Vegas, yes. right? This is the problem. I don't know if y'all been following, but we've seen so many incidents with players in Vegas, and you have that team, the Vegas Raiders there. I don't know what make people think is a good idea. You have young, rich men in Vegas. What do you think is going to happen? And it's like the NFL, dude, I don't want to go too far in this, but it's like the NFL doesn't even care. It's like, yeah, we'll, have, we'll stick a team in Vegas and have 21-year-olds go to Vegas. It's a horrible idea. And... We're seeing the results of that. How many players from the Raiders have we seen in trouble? I know Kamara plays for the Saints. I'm saying, how many players have we seen in trouble? It's not going to stop. They're young. They got money. They're in Vegas. That equals problems. What if I told you the NFL purposely didn't put those players in Vegas and they stayed in Henderson, Nevada? That's where they were supposed to stay. Some of those players took it upon themselves. What do you think going to happen? Right. (laughs) <laughs> who took it upon themselves not to stay where they were supposed to stay and obviously yeah. ventured downtown and then that happened. But you got millionaires out there, I mean, walking around with wannabe millionaires and that's going to happen. In Vegas, alcohol, clubs, it's just, it's going to happen. Well said, gentlemen. And the last bit of information I want to pass along in headlines, the Houston Texans hire Lovey Smith as their new head coach. Um, just had to get that out there. I, I like Lovey. Okay, I, I think that he should have had a head coaching job a long, long time ago. And me personally, I think this is a consolation. The Texans didn't get the man that they really wanted because of what happened with uh, Brian Flores. So they just decided, you know what, Lovey, just take the reign for a year or two. And then we're going to give it to the guy that really want to give it to. Okay, no comments there. All right. Let's go right into the show. <laughs> All right, so that was headlines, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into the show. Let's talk about the trade. The Nets and the 76ers swap. The Philadelphia 76ers are going to be getting James Harden and the um, forgot the, name already. the Brooklyn Nets are going to be getting Ben Simmons. What are you guys' comments on that? Uh, I, I, let me start off on this, Trey, if you don't mind, sir. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave the James Harden talk to, to Trey on this. I'm going to leave this to you. I want to talk about it from the Brooklyn Nets perspective. Obviously, it was a failed experiment with those three guys. That's obvious. 
And obviously, if Kevin Durant could do it over again, I don't think he's calling James Harden. But I think what's the the most the, the strangest thing is this is the worst big three maybe in NBA history. You got to think back to maybe when Kobe did it with Nash and Dwight Howard, but that was never big three. This was an actual big three, and they spent the better part of close to two seasons together, at least a season and a half, and they played a total of 16 games together. 16! And I still believe the Nets won this trade because they got a guy in Ben Simmons who really gels and meshes well with that roster. I will tell you the only thing that annoys me throughout this entire process, and I'm sorry to take it here, but I got to. You look at somebody like Ben Simmons, and his excuse was he wasn't playing because he had some mental issues or something of that nature, and all of a sudden he gets traded. It's like, well, I'm good. I got a couple games to get ready. I'm good. Let's go. And for me, it's very annoying that somebody would use such a sensitive topic to simply sit out and not play. Now it's confirmed. We already knew what he was, but as far as I'm concerned, I have I want nothing to do with that cat because what in my opinion what he did was whack. It was weak, and if he's playing within five to six games, it looks really, really, really bad. I think you're I think you're spot on with all that, but I, when I saw who they gave up, right, I like they are going to be in pretty good shape if Kyrie can, you know muster up some some games or get vaccinated that's one thing but with Kyrie and Harris and Curry Patty Mills they're going to be dangerous they're going to have some shooters which is some, something that they need you're going and if everybody else stays healthy I initially I thought you know adding Andre Drummond who's been playing out of his mind recently I thought that was a good addition for the Nets but then I thought about what this means to the Sixers and if Jimmy um can stay in shape and play like he knows how to play the way Embiid's been playing this year I don't know. I think Philadelphia, they automatically become ex- very, very, very scary. I mean, to me, a very scary team. If you're able to keep the rest of the pieces around him, I don't know. Um, Daryl Morey did his thing once again. And I think I think he finessed them into to making the, the Sixers a true contender. I think people thought they may be able to compete. Now I think you got to take him serious. Yeah, Daryl Morey definitely did his thing on that one. Daryl Morey, we know him very well down here in Houston. He had James Harden here. Now he has James Harden in Philadelphia. Which team is better now, though? Is it the Brooklyn Nets or is it the Philadelphia 76ers? Uh, I think without a doubt, it's the Philadelphia 76ers. And the only reason why is, one, Trey mentioned it. We don't know if Kyrie's going to play. That's in the baseline. So you have one of your best players. You don't know if he's going to play. You have Kevin Durant, who may be more injured than we think because he hasn't played some games in quite some time. And at this point, it's not even the question of, oh, if Kevin Durant or Kyrie don't get hurt. At this point, I know it's not fair, but they're injury injury prone. It is what it is. So when they get hurt, nobody's looking around like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're hurt. They get hurt. It's what they do. And with that being the case, you got to go with the Sixers. The one pushback I have with the Sixers is I think James Harden's best running mate so far in his career has been Chris Paul. That's no offense to Kevin Durant, but Chris Paul meshes with this game the best. And I'm interested to see how him and Joel Embiid mesh because James Harden's used to big man crash into the basket, right? You set a screen, you go get the, you go get the lob, that's what you do. And Joel Embiid is not going to crash in the basket. That's not what he does. He may pop out for a three. He may pop out and want the ball for himself. So I'm interested to see how teams play them defensively. If Joel Embiid's going off and Harden's going off and they mesh well together, there's no doubt they're the better team. Mm. Yeah, I um, I agree with that. But I think it's going to be the only time would tell. And I don't think any year has been maybe – you know, the bubble year in the NBA. But I don't think there's been another year where availability has been prime. I'm talking about from the top tier teams. I mean, it's like everybody's playing and fighting through some type of injury. Everybody. And if you're the best ability is availability and nobody really has that consistently. And the teams that have had it are, in my opinion, decent basketball teams, not really good teams, but they've been healthier than others. So Right now, if those teams don't get healthy quick and they find themselves on the road playing some of these teams with confidence, I don't know if we'll really be able to tell what's happening or who won this year. James Harden's already saying he's going to opt into his contract for next year because he wants that 47, 48 mil and he wants to stay there. But I, I don't know if we're going to be able to tell who who's a better team because I don't really see them 
playing together. If Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD come back to uh, healthy next year, man, I don't know. Like that's gonna be hard to that's gonna be hard to deal with. I'm just saying that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be really yeah. tough. That makes them a formidable big three, in my opinion. But so to, to to that point, do you see them being a formidable big three this season? Because I don't see it this season. I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's possible. I think, I mean, honestly, and I, I mean, we'll probably get there, but I think what's going to make free agency, I mean, I'm, I'm not free agency, what's going to be a bigger um, deal than what we just talked about is the, the the buyout market that's getting ready to happen with some of these people that are going to be, let, they're going to opt out of their contracts. I think that's what's going to probably be something that really tells us who's the better team here or not. KD and them should be on the phone with several people right now trying to get people like John Wall and Goran Dragic and those players to play with them because I think without having... Kyrie, a hundred percent. I think they're going to struggle. Yeah, yeah. But if they are healthy, I, I do think that Ben Simmons will mesh quite well with Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Um, he's the type of player that likes to dish the ball off anyway. So I see him taking the controls of being the point guard and really just trying to drive to the hole and kick it out to one of those two or anybody else that's on that team. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how uh, James Harden messages messages with uh, Doc Rivers as well. Uh, both of those guys have kind of this monkey on their shoulder going into the playoffs. We already know what Doc Rivers has been through. He's given up 3-1 leads before in the playoffs and his teams have squandered him. We already know what James Harden has done in the playoffs as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do in the playoffs and if he can Jimmy. really mesh <laughs> and if he can really mesh with Joel Embiid. That's going to be, to me, that's going to be the most interesting one of them all because you know, Joel Embiid, he does have this kind of outgoing personality. And I don't know if him and James Harden are really going to mesh together like that. You already saw how Ben Simmons was kind of like trying to distance himself away from that whole thing. So that's going to be interesting. And we, we talked about that big three with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And we already knew that it might not work out just because of all their personalities and everything that's going on. And then you add that other dimension with Steve Nash being the head coach there, his first tenure there, and that was kind of some of the rumblings that we heard from James Harden's camp. We didn't hear anything from James Harden. We heard everything from James Harden's camp as to why he didn't want to be there. He never came out and said, I don't want to be here, but there was always these stories coming out that he didn't want to be there, he wasn't happy there, and part of the reason he wasn't happy there was because of Steve Nash. He didn't like the rotation and just little things like that, but it, it kind of makes you wonder, man, can he really play and be a championship t- caliber type player? It just really makes you wonder. Well, I will say this in his defense, um, and I think a lot of people don't mention this enough. Every single superstar he's played with, from Chris Paul to Dwight Howard to all of them, they've all failed him in the playoffs, either by failing him in the playoffs or by getting injured. Um, whether you're a Rockets fan or not, I think most people can at least argue if Chris Paul's there, even if you don't think the Rockets get to the finals in 2018, if he's not, if Chris Paul is healthy, they have a chance to win either game six or game seven. Even the greatest Warrior fan can tell you that. So in his defense, he goes to Brooklyn and he looks around and he says, okay, Kyrie's here halftime. Kevin Durant's injured for yet another season. This is not what I signed up for. I I left Houston because I didn't want to be the only star here. And essentially, I'm playing a whole bunch of games where I'm the only guy. And not just that, we have a guy in Kyrie Irving who says he's going to get vaccinated. He's not going to get vaccinated. He doesn't get vaccinated. So when if you look at James Harden's numbers with Kyrie and without Kyrie, they're almost day and night. So the issue is he's really complaining about the rotation. I think a large part of it is Kyrie's not there. Kevin Durant's not there. I'm out. And that's essentially what happened. You know, I, I I buy that, but Chris, I think you may have alluded to this earlier. Who has been James Harden's best teammate? Chris Paul, my country mile. You think Chris Paul? How long did they play together? They played together for uh, two seasons. I want to say it was two, two seasons. seasons. Yeah. I, 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 and let me and, and I should say I should mean I mean by like production. And I know Chris Paul had a, a decent couple of seasons there. But I think James Harden has played better, better, in my opinion, over a length of time. I think what he was able to do with Clint Capella on the court, he shined. I think Chris Paul took the ball away from him too much. And I think there was just a constant struggle between the two of them. And he did have a good season in 2018. 
But when he had Clint Capella, who Joel Embiid is infinitely better than Clint Capella, and James Harden had a big man down there who he could do work with, Joel Embiid can do things that Clint Capella could only dream of. And True. I think that that is going to make James... I mean, and right now, people are going to have to double Embiid. They're going to continue to do that. And the, Tobias Harris is still there. Like, do you... I think James Harden has is set up to truly, truly succeed if he stays within, if he plays his role. Um, yes. If he's going 0 for 17, he needs to chill. Like he's not that dude. They can, it's good. They're going to be okay. And good I think point. that's, and, and I'm rooting for him, believe it or not, because I like Doc. I want Doc to do well. And I hope this is Jimmy's chance to shine. Uh, I will say this. You mentioned a player that I think, so before James Harden, James Harden got there, the 76ers, at least rumors were trying to ship him out because he's, his contract is too big. That's Tobias Harris. People are going to be singing Tobias Harris's praises now that he has James Harden. Absolutely. Because even in an off year from James Harden, off year beating, he's not averaging 25 plus points. He's still leading the league in assists. He's always been able to dish the basketball. My only fear with the big man is you mentioned Clint Capella. Obviously, Embiid is a better player than Capella. Duh. But the difference is Capella knows my job is to set screens and roll. Embiid ain't going to do that. And it's, a, it's going to be, I think there's going to be some time where they got to mesh together because Embiid's going to be like, bro, I'm not rolling to the basket. I'm not just going to catch lobs all day. That's not what I do. And there's a difference there because that's what James Harden really likes from his big men. And I think there's going to be some growing pains in that. And then I guess my final thought on the Sixers is whose team is it? Embiid has established this year that it's my team. I don't know what happens when Harden gets there. I, I really don't know. Maybe Harden embraces that, or maybe Harden doesn't embrace that. I wonder how they interact as far as leadership is concerned. And I think Doc Rivers has a big role to play there. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't look at James Harden as being the type of person that wants to be the alpha dog over there. I think he's just going to go ahead and let Joel Embiid be the alpha dog that he is and let it be his team. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how they mesh. I, I want to see how that pick is going to work with him and Joel Embiid or how they're going to use that two-man game over there in Philadelphia. That's going to be very, very interesting. Um, and we're going to find out a lot about those three individuals for sure. Those are people I'm looking at is Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Doc Rivers. Because now Doc Rivers has James Harden. He has his two MVP superstar players. Now people are going to be like, man, you, you've got to win a title. You know, with not this year, in the next couple of years, because you haven't won a title since Boston when you had the big three over there with uh, Kevin Durant, Ray Allen, and, and um, Paul Pierce. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they mesh and what Philadelphia is able to do with this this new lineup. And uh, are they the best team in the East now, Philadelphia Sixers? Are you going to go that far? Are you going to dethrone the Bucks? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no way. I might be no. The buck, the the bucks are legit. Uh, I was trying to do it before the start of the show, but I was unable to get that number. The only thing that I think the Sixers have to worry about um, is there are a ton of strip clubs in Philadelphia, oh. and we know. <laughs> <laughs> are they though? Are they? Uh, so, so you say you say we're going to be seeing we know we'll be Jimmy. seeing uh, your boy Jimmy and the baby. All over the strip clubs in Philadelphia, baby. <laughs> you know how uh, Jimmy rolls. Man. Well, very interesting trade. It actually went down. Um, I did a poll on Instagram to say if it would go down or not. 54% of the people on the poll said it would go down and it actually did. So there you have it. James Harden is now Philadelphia 76er and Ben Simmons is a Brooklyn net. We're going to see how it plays out. Next topic of the discussion, we did talk about the Lakers a little bit earlier on. Let's dive into Trey's favorite basketball team of all time. LeBron is playing his butt off. He really, really is. And he's the only one of the only good things going with the LA Lakers right now. I do think that Russell Westbrook is getting a little bit too much unfair criticism. It's not all on him. But it is very funny to see all these little memes and stuff when LeBron is talking to Russ and LeBron is just looking kind of like off to the side. He's wondering, and said, when's the trade deadline now? When Russ is talking to him. So it's, it's, it, that kind of aspect of it is very, very funny. But what do you guys think about the dynamic there? Do they have a, a shot in hell of doing anything 
this season. You know me. I do. And I will, man, I will ride with them until the wheels fall off. And three of them fell off. <laughs> uh, they, we, <laughs> we just. You got a, you got man, a unicycle. Are, You're in a unicycle right now. This well, right down the uh, street. We tipping on both foes. <laughs> like, we are bad. We bad. We didn't swing and we no we no we swing we not banging though like it is bad man it's um we're I, I think we've got really it, on paper they should be one of the better teams but someone said it best earlier um and I can't remember who I was listening to but they were talking about LeBron we've seen this story before LeBron ages I mean uh, goes to a team gets some aging superstars wins the championships and a season or two later he's gone or that team is in shambles again. It happened in Miami, it happened in Cleveland, and in, like clockwork, it's happened in Los Angeles. Uh, I do blame um, Anthony Davis's availability on that some, but Frank Vogel, like literally, I just stop at that. Frank Vogel, I don't understand. The Lakers have not been healthy all year. Kendrick Nunn, um, every, Stanley Johnson's been one of the best bright, bright spots that we actually have, but everybody else, like LeBron's been hurt, Ariza's been hurt, um, Nunn is hurt, uh, Davis is hurt. Everybody's been, everybody's gone through that. But um, my son and I were watching the game last night, and Wayne Ellington comes off the bench for the first time, and Lord knows when, hits a few shots. The Lakers hit like nine or ten three-pointers in the first half, and then none of those players are playing in the second half. And I don't know if it's just rotations, people trying to get healthy. It was the second night of a back-to-back where those people wouldn't normally play, and they you know, get, gain you know, some exposure or some rest. But, man, I think right now it's Frank Vogel. But we did lose a key person to our coaching staff. He's now coaching in Dallas. Um, and I don't think people give enough credit for what we were able to do with this coaching staff they have. LeBron is crying too much when he's not getting the call or the ball or someone's taking an early shot. They're struggling. If they make the playoffs, um, I, it, it'll be a first round. Exit. They, they're going to be. They will be in the play-in right now, right? Is that what? What number two? Uh, maybe not after yesterday, but yeah. Wow, that will be interesting to have them in the play-in. You don't want to play the Lakers in the play-in. I that's because they have LeBron James there. I'm saying they could easily get into the playoffs on that alone. They're not going to go anywhere. Don't get me wrong. After that. Did you hear what this. Go ahead. Did you hear what happened last night? Did you hear what happened no, last what happened? night? So the Lakers played the Portland Trailblazers. They started. I don't even know the guy's first name. Ellaby, Winslow, Nurkic, um, some kid who just lit the Lakers up. Anthony Simmons, um, Ben McLemore, um, Kelgen Belvins or Blevins, sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. Um, who else? Trendon Watford and the last player was Greg Brown. Y'all know any of those players? Never heard of. You know, I know of them. You know of them. <laughs> yeah, but that team played against that team played against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, who's been a bright spot. Um, Wayne Ellington, Stanley Johnson. Like they played against a whole team. And they beat the Lakers last night. So basically, like it was, it's, it's it's happening way too much. So basically, they couldn't blame Russell Westbrook for that loss this time because he didn't even play. He didn't play. He thought he was going to get traded, so he didn't play. I mean, they didn't play him. I think they thought they were going to trade him. But right now, man, like I, it's it's hard to watch the Lakers game right now. Yeah, uh, the problem with the Lakers is, I mean, everybody wants to blame Russell Westbrook, but we all know who the problem is. The problem is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis just ain't that great. Can we just can we keep it a buck on this podcast? Anthony Davis well, is in, not in that the great. bubble. He's good in the bubble, he 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 kind of stepped. With yeah, he was he was he was fantastic in the bubble, but outside of the bubble, <laughs> he ain't been good. He's he's been he's been. I'm being serious. He's been average. He's been an average star in the NBA, and that's what's killing the Lakers. I guarantee you, if you could go talk to LeBron, and it's hard of heart to say what's the problem. People were like, yeah, Russ isn't playing well. Russ, you know, we don't mesh well. But the problem's Anthony Davis because LeBron James is 38 now. He's 38 years old. And for whatever reason, Anthony Davis is leaning on LeBron and not the other way around. I just find that to be absurd. Why is Anthony Davis not taking a shot in the fourth quarter versus the Portland Trailblazers? It's like he doesn't get it. Like, dude, you are the guy. And LeBron has given him multiple opportunities to be that guy. And I think LeBron sees it like he's not. Because Anthony Davis is not that guy, two people are getting blamed. They don't need to get blamed. Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook. It's simple. Russell Westbrook is an easy top target. And any LeBron coach that doesn't win is an easy target. But the person that needs to get all the blame here is Anthony Davis. And final thing on him, they put him in the top 75 list and I flipped out. 
Like y'all, y'all remember that podcast? Me and I, I was hot because he does not deserve to be on that list over Dwight Howard, and he is really proving it this season because he is not the man. How can you not be the man with LeBron by your side? Everybody's a man with LeBron, and somehow Anthony Davis is not. I blame my blame meter is Russell Westbrook three percent, Frank Vogel three percent, ninety four percent is on Anthony Davis. Play better, bro, bro. Absolutely. Yeah, he needs to play better. When you think about of all LeBron James's teammates, you have his best teammates being Kyrie Irving and of course Dwayne Wade. I think around that point we thought after they won a championship, Anthony Davis had the potential to be his number one or his best teammate, but he he's just not showing up. He doesn't have that 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 DNA. He really doesn't. I don't know what happened in the bubble or where it went away, but he needs to find a way to bring that back because without that, they really don't have a, a, a hope to do anything and not just for now but for the future as well because they, they kind of put their stock in Anthony Davis being the future of that team also yeah that's it's funny that we talk about that this guy's averaging basically 24 and 10 and on the season but he hasn't played as many minutes or took as nearly enough shots um shooting 54 percent from the field 71 percent from the free throw line which isn't terrible um Averaging 2.3 blocks a game. So he's having statistically a good season, but that's not what the Lakers right. need. The Lakers need, they need yeah, more yeah. than Davis. And it starts on the defense, defensive end. It starts with his leadership. It starts with him bringing some energy to that team. And he's just, he's just not doing that right now. He's not. He's not. All right. Enough talk about the Lakers. Let's transition from the NBA to the NFL. Not just the NFL, but the biggest game of the season, the Super Bowl. We have the Los Angeles Rams going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, folks. The Cincinnati Bengals. How many of you had the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl? If you chose any AFC North team to go to the Super Bowl, it was probably the Cleveland Browns who you had. And the Cleveland Browns didn't even show up. Is the Cincinnati Bengals? No, I'm just saying, if you had any of them, you had the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens. I did not have the Browns doing anything. I'm just saying some people. I'm just saying some people. They thought thought the Cleveland Browns were the team that was on the uprise that was going to go to the Super Bowl before the Cincinnati Bengals did. But anyway, you have Joe Burrow in his first Super Bowl appearance, his second second year in the league, and you have Matthew Stafford in his first Super Bowl appearance with the Los Angeles Rams. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And taking over for, I can't remember his name now, the Jared Goff. Jared yes, Goff. Yes, yes. So, what are you guys' prediction on this game? And what do you think is going to happen? Uh, let me start this one off. If you would have told me in the year of our Lord, 1995, after the Cowboys won their last championship, you would tell me, you say, Chris, before the Cowboys get to the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals would get to the Super Bowl. I would say, you're lying. And what we have seen from Joe Burrow is historic, it's amazing, it's all of those things. There's just so many, I'll put it like this, coming into the season, you mentioned it, oh, no one had the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But the crazy thing is, the Bengals didn't have the Bengals in the Super Bowl. If you would have told them now, like, hey, y'all gonna be in the Super Bowl, they'd be like, so who do we trade for? What happened? Uh, Was there like a league stoppage and a whole bunch of teams couldn't play? And what they've done is amazing. And I don't, are we doing picks? Of course. Okay, so what the Bengals have done is amazing. I love their defense. I believe it's underrated and what they're able to do. How they're able to stop Patrick Mahomes rushing three, dropping everybody else back in the coverage, passing Tyreek Hill, passing uh, Travis Kelsey along as they were running their routes up the field. They did a phenomenal job. Joe Burrow's Joe Cool. Everybody calls him Joe Namath. I don't think he's more like Tom Brady. He just has a swag to him, right? When you see Joe Burrow, he's got that swag. But with all that said, there is no way, no way the Rams should lose the Super Bowl. They have the better defense. They have the better quarterback. They have the better wide receivers. The only thing they don't have is maybe special teams. Because Evan McPherson with the Bengals is a baller. Like, he could, he, he is a baller. But from everything else, they should win it. Oh, yeah, and on top of that, they have the better coach. Oh, yeah, and on top of that, they're at home. There is no reason. Oh, yeah, and on top of that, they have the best defensive player in the NFL. Zero percent reason why the Rams should lose this game. So I'm picking the Rams. If they lose, it is a major upset because they are better in basically every form of football. They're better than the, 
the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals should have no shot. This should be a double-digit Super Bowl victory for the Rams. Wow. Um, I'm going to say that um, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> although the Bengals have only, with all due respect, and I did catch that Cowboys joke, by the way. I'm going to text you on the side. Uh, <laughs> but the Bengals, I want to say, have made it. They've, they've defeated all odds. Like, I mean, against all odds, they've made it this far. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say they scored five touchdowns in three games. Just five um, in three games. Um, Evan McPherson is the greatest thing since, oh, man, he's Adam Vinatieri. I mean, like, he's probably, I mean, like, that, the kid is clutch. I like his swag, too. But Icky Woods and Boomer Sasson probably the only two people in the world that had them making the Super Bowl at the start of the year. And that's it. Nobody else did. So if anybody else says they did, they're lying. But what they've done is Joe Cool has done what his what he does. They're playing defense without making stupid penalties, and they've made pretty decent quarterbacks look pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Mahomes looked like he didn't know what to do after they decided not to take the points in the first half um, of that game. Um, you know. So what I want to make sure that I put out there is I would love to see Odell Beckham win a Super Bowl. I would love to see Matthew Stafford win the Super Bowl because the people in Detroit, the people in Cleveland, um, the people in New York will be pissed off. I would also love to see um, Joe Burrow do it because people just didn't give that kid a chance, man. He's never really had a chance. And he makes every single throw. Jamar Chase is phenomenal. Um, Joe Mixon, I mean, everyone knows what he went through and for him to be where he's at. This is one of the first Super Bowls where I truly didn't really pick anybody and I would really be happy if either of those teams won if either of them won. I'd be happy for several players on that team uh, Von Miller for him to win um, would be great um, I don't know man I just I, people doubt, doubted Odell Beckham and now Odell's made they're gonna have issues in Los Angeles thinking about what are gonna do with Robert Woods and Odell Beckham and Cooper like how are we gonna keep everybody happy or can they pay him um, I don't think they can pay him I don't know that they can pay him yeah you're right but I think the Bengals win this game by a field goal. It would be wow. it would be the way that this is supposed to be. It's the way that the playoffs Upset are gone. Upset alert. Yeah, man. I, you know what, man? I kind of agree with both of you on this one. I have been doubting the Bengals since they got into the playoffs. Okay? So, <laughs> against the Raiders, I said, okay, y'all might lose this one. They went ahead and, and beat the Raiders. Against the Titans, I said, okay, this is where it stops. Cinderella, this is, this is it. They beat the Titans, and I'm like, okay, Patrick Mahomes is not about to lose to no Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes loses to Joe Burrow. So in this next game, I want to use the same reasons as to why they're not going to beat the Los Angeles Rams as the reason I said they would not beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a more experienced quarterback, right? And they just have more experienced players on that team. And... The Rams do have a better defense than the Cincinnati Bengals do, although the Bengals' defense is legit. The only thing that scares me in this game are is are the Rams disciplined enough to win this game? That game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really showed me a lot about the Rams. They almost threw that game away, literally. And all I've been seeing from the Cincinnati Bengals on this road to the Super Bowl is straight discipline. Because... There's a lot about that Bengals team that is to like as far as how they're being coached and how prepared they are to play. They've had the perfect schemes defensively for every single quarterback they faced. So with that being said, man, I just cannot pick against the Bengals again. I can't do it as much as I, I, I picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. I picked them to go with against the Buffalo Bills, but there's just something about the team. I think Trey is right. I think this is the year of the Bengals. I think that they have proved me wrong. Ooh, they proved me wrong round I? after round. But Chris is also right. There's no way the Rams should lose this game. They, on paper, they are the better team. If the game starts off and the Rams are making dumb, boneheaded mistakes, all that's going to do is get the Bengals confidence. They'll be like, you know what? We can win this. So I think that's what it comes down to. If the game starts off where the Rams are kind of just going for field goals or they're not really um, uh, going against um, the Bengals' will, then I will see a a situation where Trey is absolutely right. The Bengals win by a field goal or something like that. 
So it just really depends how the game starts off. Well, for me, um, coming into the playoffs, I picked the Bengals versus the Raiders. I picked the Bengals to beat the Titans. And we talked about in the podcast, I said the Bengals were going to give the Chiefs everything they could handle. So I, I haven't been sleeping on the Bengals since they made the playoffs. You just look at this matchup, and the problem is there is no answer for Aaron Donald. There's no answer for Vaughn Miller. See, the difference between the Chiefs, the difference between the Titans, the difference between the Raiders is they didn't have the personnel to rush Joe Burrow with just four people, plus have the coverage on the back end. See, the Titans are able to rush four people, and they're able to get to Joe Burrow often, but they didn't have the coverage on the back end. It's not like Jamar Chase is going to be running around free willy-nilly. He's got to deal with Jalen Ramsey, right? Or maybe the Rams decide, you know what? We won't put Jalen Ramsey or Jamar Chase. We'll put him on We'll put him on uh, T. Higgins or we'll put him on Tyler Boyd, whatever they want to do with their defense. They can take away a player. And potentially C.J. Zoma says he's going to play, may not play, may play. It doesn't really matter. The Rams are just so much better. I, I'm, I just I could not disagree with you guys more, man. And I just want to make this final point about the Rams. When you look at the Rams offensively, the one thing that the, the Bengals were really able to get away with in the playoffs are teams not finishing drives, teams not scoring. Yeah, the Rams were really giving things away, but they've been scoring in these playoffs. They're giving away points, and they're still scoring. And the Bengals are – I think Trey mentioned that they had five touchdowns leading to this. That's not going to do. Now, obviously, they don't need five touchdowns in the Super Bowl, but they're going to need a bigger output offensively, and I, I don't see it, man. And then one last thing about the Bengals, I think their coach is not great. This is one of those Ed Orgeron situations where everything just happens to work out for one season. I am not yeah, a fan of Zach I, Taylor. There's nothing I've seen for him that makes me. A well, fan. the defensively, that's what we're talking about as far as their schemes. Well, that's not his call. No, no I understand that. I understand coach. that. No, I'm, I didn't say anything about that's him. Not, that's not <laughs> no, him. I didn't say anything about this. Some of the scheme defensively, <laughs> that's, that's, been, that's been good. But I do want to mention something before you say anything, Trey. The, the Rams were supposed to blow. Tampa Bay Buccaneers out like that was supposed to be the game where they blew them out and you're making the same point like they should have done that but it was just costly mistakes and turnovers that kept that game close they can't do that against the Bengals I'm telling you right now that cannot happen listen the Kansas City Chiefs were up 21 to 3 against this Bengals team after they made it 21 10 the Chiefs got cocky and tried to go back up by 21 and failed to do that and from that point on Patrick Mahomes threw for 83 yards in the second half. 83 yards from the next coming, the, the, the best quarterback in the league, the future, the next Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. The half a billion dollar kid threw for 83 yards. Now, we're still talking about Matthew Stafford, right? I mean, he, he's still, he, he's not wearing blue and silver, <laughs> but he's still Matthew Stafford. And he proved that against the Buccaneers. Eli Apple and the rest of these kids are extremely, extremely excited about playing. They create, I don't know if you guys heard this, he said that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had a tell on offense, and that tell helped them know what was going on. Either this coaching staff is doing really good, and they figured out what the tell was, but they, that's, the, that's what they attributed to that. Joe Burrow's been sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. So they're going to put pressure on them. But their screen game with P. Ryan and Mixon, remember that, the screen game with P. Ryan and Mixon, and with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins has been playing amazing, and you're going to have to double Jamar Chase. If you don't, if Uzoma plays, and that's, that's just butter. So I think this game will be a little bit more high scoring than what we, we think. Whoever wins the turnover battle will probably win, and that's what I see. Uh, I'm a little biased. Um, you know, some uh, kid I used to coach was playing for the Bengals after getting cut by the Seahawks. So I love to see him in the in the Super Bowl, but I just see the Bengals have been playing discipline. They held Patrick Mahomes at 83 yards. I don't see Stafford being able to put up those points. And Acres, I'm sorry, ain't that dude. Um, quarterback play, I balance them out. Running back play, I give that to the Bengals. A defensive line, I give that to the Rams. But the secondary, the way they've been playing this postseason, they had they had Tyreek Hill. And McCole Hardman yelling at Tyreek Hill. If, I don't know if y'all saw him. He's like, come get me. On third down, bro. Like third, He had Tyreek Hill so frustrated. He pulled himself out the game. Man, I yeah. mean, like, they, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And, and if you look at that game, it was really because of the offense that the the Chiefs were running. Uh, you can't, the way they were playing defense, you, you literally cannot play Matthew Stafford and the Rams that way because of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, if you do that to Cooper Cup and try to play that defense, Cooper Cup is going to have... 20 catches, 355 yards, four touchdowns. It'll be the greatest game in the history of the NFL. They cannot play that way against the Rams. And the other problem is Odell Beckham Jr. We already talked about him. 
you just can't play the Rams that way. I'm not saying that the Rams are the better offense, but the way Sean McVay runs those two wide receivers and the way he gets guys open, y'all can call me crazy. I don't think I think this is gonna be a boring Super Bowl. It's gonna be the but first I, boring Super Bowl we've had in a while. No, I see I don't see I don't see that. If they rush four, if they play the same Tampa two defense that they played against Mahomes and they rush yeah. four, Cooper Cup's not as fast as Tyreek Hill. Higby is not Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, to me, and Odell Washington. He doesn't need to be fast. He just needs to get inside, get to the middle of the field. But they didn't do anything, is what I'm saying, against the Bengals. They held him to 83 yards. So Travis Kelsey worked in the middle of the field. Patrick Mahomes could not find an open receiver in the middle of the field in the second half. So I think that's going to be, you know, the key. I think they're going to rush for Stafford's not going to get out of the pocket like Mahomes, and he's going to be forced to make some bad throws. And we've seen that movie before. So I just think they're going to dig on the blueprint that they put up against the, the, the Chiefs. I think they'll run something very, very similar with a few more blitzes. When they started blitzing Mahomes off the edge, I think that put a little bit of pressure on him. And they can do that more with Stafford. So they may send four at, um, five of him at some points in time. But I, don't, I, I think the Bengals win this one going away, man. Okay, I, I will say this. You just said they're going to win by a field goal, bro. Now they win and going away? <laughs> okay, I, you got me more excited now. Okay, I will say this though. Um, uh, I do believe that. Watch out for Sonny Michelle, Cam Akers. One of them is going to have a big game. When I say a big game, I don't mean 100 plus yards. I believe 80 plus yards, 40 yards receiving. Because you're right. If they're going to play three guys, three down linemen, and try to play coverage, McVay's going to run the ball. Andy Reid is stubborn. He's stubborn Absolutely. as a, a, a mule. Like, Sean McVay will run the ball when he sees that. Yeah, man, I think you both make very, very good points. It, it could go one way or the other. It really just depends, for me, how the game starts off. I would like to see Matthew Stafford win one all those years in Detroit, in the, in the dungeon, finally get him a championship and be put in there with those elite quarterbacks. And then, you know, you have Joe Burrow. And nothing's guaranteed. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have gone to Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl, and they haven't been back since. So I would like to see him get one as well. I'm still going to go with the Bengals in this one in a close one it would be only the right way to end these playoffs probably the greatest playoff i've ever seen in 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 my life as far as all these games very very good games very entertaining games why not have the super bowl be the cherry on the top and let it be an exciting game Bengals win last seconds field goal let's just just call it that that's what i'm talking about you know what's so funny you you say that i think this nfl season was the season in general to me was one of the best that we've seen. It's been very, very competitive. Um, and I, I could not have an NFL segment without talking about America's team. And did you know that the out Patriots, of the ten, the Patriots did have a good year. I agree. Out of the ten most <laughs> the, the ten most watched games, the Cowboys are in five of those games um, this season. And some of them are some of the highest rated T V shows in the history of of T V. Um, and that's just that's just crazy to me, man. The NFL is back. I hope they um, continue to build off this momentum that they're gaining. But they have literally separated with baseball talking about a lockout. Basketball, who knows what's going on with basketball? Right? The parody in basketball is crazy. The NFL has really set itself apart from everybody else. And I mean, I think they're only going to build off this Super Bowl, man. It's going to be. A Do you remember when yeah. people were saying the, the NFL podcast, was in trouble? Can I ask Shrek questions? No. You remember when they were saying the NFL was in trouble as far as like the, the oh, ratings yeah. dipping and all that stuff? That's that's been squashed. That's <laughs> demolished. After this playoff run, because if you didn't watch football, Smoke was telling you about football. Did you see that game? No, man. What happened? It was the greatest game ever. Oh man, I should have watched. I mean, it doesn't matter what happened. Bro, that happened. That that literally happened four weeks in a row. Right. Right. Yeah. The last game of the seasons with the Raiders and the Chargers to the next week with the Cowboys to the next right, week with the Chiefs. Right. I mean, just it was football. But must-see TV, really and truly. I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris, but it was must-see TV, especially no, in the not. divisional round. All the games came down to a last-second field goal. It, it was it was fantastic. Let's just finish it off with a marvelous Super Bowl and let, let it continue to ride. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so I know we're about to close out the podcast. I really do want to get this in because, you know, we got Trey here. I got to ask him a question. I'm not, I'm not even going to argue with you. I just want your opinion as a Cowboy fan, and I'm good. Are you still a believer in Dak Prescott getting y'all to the Super Bowl? I know. Don't talk about the coaching. Don't talk about anybody else. Are you a believer in Dak Prescott? That's all I want to know. That's my quarterback. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. I, I truly am. I, re- I really do think that, I mean, that was terrible. We've been out coached. We've been out coached pretty bad. 
But I think we're all right. We'll be all right. I think we'll, Zeke's going to get better. Our offensive line was not healthy and atrocious um, coming down the stretch. Um, but I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to be all right. I promise you we're going to be all right. And the, and the words of Kendrick Lamar, who is also performing at halftime, I'm more excited about the halftime yes, than sir. the game. Yes, Bruh. sir. The halftime show Bruh. is going to be... <laughs> it, there's going to be a lot of people who don't know what's going on, but that halftime show is going to be one for the ages. I can't Dr. wait. Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and Snoop Dogg. Man, this is that is one of the only Super Bowl halftimes I've ever really looked forward to. I can't wait for that. I really can't. They got to. I, I think they got to. They got to figure out a way to bring Ice Cube out. I don't know how you could do it in this backyard <laughs> and not have him um, be a part Good of it. Point. So I'm expecting for them somehow, some way to make Ice Cube a part of this somewhere. So you heard it here first. I haven't heard anything, but they got to they gotta figure out a way to bring them out. They got to. Man, that would be dope. That would be dope. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the new Channel Sports Podcast. You were on with the one and only Oenyi, the phenomenal one, Chris, and the man we all love to hate, Trey Day, was on today as well. It was an honor, and it was just very, very good to have you back on, Trey. I, I look forward to more podcasts with you, sir. So, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, please do not hesitate to subscribe. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Podbeam or anywhere you get your podcast. Please check us out. We are also on Afro Fives TV as well. Download that Roku app so you can see our handsome faces there also. We are also on the Leeds podcast as well. Chris has been holding it down there. Check us out there also. And, you know, go to our website, newchannelsports.net, if you want to subscribe there as well. And, you know, Chris got some wonderful articles there also. And uh, it's been a pleasure. You got anything else to say before we, we roll out? Man, thank y'all for uh, having me back on again. I hope to get a chance to do this a little bit more. Um, Laker Nation. We're going to get it together, but uh, it's time for them Braves to come back and repeat Stomp on the Masters. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> <Wow. laughs> oh, man. I guess we're going to have to close it out there, bro. We're going to have to close it out there. Thanks for listening to the new Channel Sports Podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt N-U, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.